Warning, the following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, you goddamn fantastic people, and welcome to the podcast, Movie Reviews in 20 Cues, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I am your host, Sam, and making her return to the podcast in the year of our Lord, 2023. <laughs> it's Liz. How are you going, Liz? In the year of our Lord? Well, it's after it's Christ, when... isn't it? So it's the year of our Lord. <laughs> Since when have you been religious or know anything about anything? <laughs> exactly. Otherwise, <laughs> oh god! Oh, we've lost. The I am a, already. Practice, that's, that's a practicing start. a Buddhist. Well, are you know. though? No, I don't know what that has to do with the year of our Lord either. That doesn't make any fucking sense. How are you, Liz? What's happening? I'm good, thank you. I am relaxed, chilled out. I had you know five weeks off over Christmas. I've started a new job. I'm up, chill as hell. I've, it's great. I've decided my New Year's, New Me, New Resolution is to not be so mean to you on the podcast, so no longer will you be under siege. Did you, like, plan to be not so mean to me just so you could say that stupid pun? Because that was pretty shit. <laughs> that was fucking terrible, but it is the name. I, I didn't make any kind of uh, decision like that. I'll be continue to be as horrible to you as I can. So that's what's happening. Excellent. I want to hear that. Play. I know our listeners do too. Our listeners definitely want to hear me be mean to you. I have no doubt about that. Yep. Fuck them and fuck you too. Uh, so <laughs> moving on to the film, Under Siege. Oh my God. You're the action queen. You're the 90s action queen. You're always petitioning to do executive decisions. So you clearly love Steven Seagal. Under Siege. <laughs> have wow. you seen Executive Decision? <laughs> yeah, I know. Steven Seagal does not have a fun time in that film. I know. And you I should know. do that film. I like it. Um, Yeah, this was Steven Seagal, all right? This was Steven Seagal. Came out in 1992, has a score of 79% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, starring Steven Seagal, Gary Busey, Tommy Lee Jones, Cole Meany, uh, Erika Erika Aleniak. That's about it. That's about all the massive names. Oh, George H.W. Bush, he's in this as well. Yeah, that's pretty critical. He's a key part. How could I forget him? But if you haven't seen Under Siege, which I think, like most people, I feel like have, Ooh, you're going to do the I plot. I can summarize the plot real well. Yes, you yeah, can. You, you are doing the plot. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Die Hard on a Navy ship. <laughs> Die Hard on a boat? Correct. That is the right answer. Yeah. No, it's a ship, okay? I have a boyfriend in the Navy. I have to be very careful about whether I say boat or ship or else he gets salty. <laughs> salty. salty? Get it? <laughs> Anywho, uh, you're under siege. Before we get into it, I watched this recently as part of another podcast, which I'll talk about later. Um, I oh. remember watching this religiously, or at least 20 times as a child. And I, and I will say child, because my thoughts about this were very immature. And as, as an adult, wow. No, no, fuck it. I'm ruining it. I'm ruining it. Let's just do the yeah, usual blurb. Let's just do the usual uh-huh. blurb. Uh, if you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. We start with 10 that can be applied to any film. We then move through three personal questions before finishing on a Patreon question. Usually, but because there's only two of us, there's no one else joining us, we are going to do 13 questions that can be applied to any film before doing three questions each and finishing on a Patreon question. The one we start with, compliment sandwich. One thing good, one thing bad, one thing good if we like this film. Or shit sandwich. One thing bad, one thing good, one thing bad if we didn't like it. Liz, lead us away. Okay, I will. To start with, I'm going to say that I felt this film had a good pace. It kept things moving. 
The attack on the capped at the start really took me by surprise. Like I fully did not expect that to happen at that time. Like I kind of knew there was going to be some sort of takeover or whatever, but I just didn't expect that as it went down. So I thought that was pretty good. And I thought the energy of it yeah. was pretty good and, you know, kept you going. Yeah. I did find it a bit difficult to follow entirely. Uh, that may be because I'm stupid or it may just be because there's like technical military stuff and ship related things that I don't know. Could be both. I just think, yeah, <laughs> but probably both is happening at the same time. Yeah. I feel like it could have been easier to understand and it wasn't. I mean, I got the basic gist, but I actually went back and read some stuff and like I actually um, rewound a couple of random scenes just to make sure I understood what was going on and stuff. And my final thing is another good thing. Wow. Sort of. Sort of. I actually didn't mind Steven Seagal in this movie. Wow. <laughs> I know. Save your controversial opinions for the fucking controversial <laughs> question, Liz. What the no, hell? No, no. This is not a controversial opinion because it is, seems to be pretty common consensus that this is his best film. Oh, yeah. I, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's fucking... I yeah. mean, I didn't say that it's his, a great film or anything. It just, it, uh, you know, it seems to be pretty commonly agreed that this is his best. So I feel like I'm on par with that. Not that I've seen all of them because it's Stephen Scarlett. No, thank you. But yeah, so look pretty okay i mean there's definitely problems with it and we'll get into that but i am going to award this film seven thousand and seven um whoa motorbike jackets motorbike jackets <laughs> okay okay that's interesting that's interesting how the how do i follow that um, i'm a 90s action queen i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna give it an okay score like yeah I, I it's not the world's best movie but you know it had what you kind of want there, I guess. That is true. That is true. Anyhow, yeah, moving over to me. Also going to give it a compliment sandwich. Also going to give it a compliment sandwich. First good thing, Tommy Jones fucking rocks in this film. Oh, yeah. Me and Stacey watched this, and about half an hour into it, I said to Stacey, I was like, now you might be sitting there and you might be thinking, hey, that guy looks like acclaimed Hollywood actor Tommy Lee Jones. And you know what? You're right. <laughs> you know, like... God, he's good in this film. He's just so bizarre, Cuckoo Bananas, and it's amazing. I mean, so is Gary Boosie. Cole Meany is in a little bit of this, and he's pretty good as well. Bad thing, the action scenes of this film are fucking terrible. Like, Yeah, I'm not a fan of that weird, um, like, what do you call it, martial art, like, ooh, and they're, like, <laughs> doing little fancy moves with their hands and shit. I'm like, just get in and, like, eye gouge him. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. I mean... But yeah, I mean, we've got a hulking man at the end fighting Tommy Lee Jones, like, a, you know, per perpetually fucking geriatric Tommy Lee Jones. And it's like, who's going to win in this situation? This is fucking bullshit. Oh, 100%. Because like Navy SEAL yeah. versus CIA operative. And look, don't get me wrong. I'm sure CIA operatives get some sort of training, but I'm pretty sure a Navy SEAL who is a specialist in martial arts and like probably got at least 10, 20 years yeah, like on the other guy. Like I, I really don't see that as being a fair fight. You're forgetting that Steven Seagal is also top hands, whatever that means. I mean, whether that means he jacked off every single person in his platoon quickest, I don't know. But what the admiral refers to him as the top hands or some shit in the in his group. As he was the like, he was leading top hand. hand. Oh, leading was it the hand. leading hand. That I'm is a rank in the navy. <laughs> I'm sure he calls them top hands. Oh, maybe. But if it was a leading hand, that is a specific, like, rank. Anyway, let's move on. 
<laughs> good thing. Yeah, you say Stephen Skull is good in this. Um, I, I think the movie benefits. I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said I didn't mind him in this. I think I think the movie benefits from the fact that after the first half an hour of establishing who the main protagonist, male and female, are, they just do away with them. They just do away with them for great swathes of this movie. Like we we have a massive focusing on the bad guys, massive focusing back on control on the navy base or whoever the fuck those guys are in that room that are trying to organize things they they give a shit about the two leads and every time the two leads pop up it's like oh not these guys again 100 percent. like when you were like oh the two leads which you're gonna you know there's questions that you're asking later i'm like what two leads oh do you mean like, yeah your brain yeah, steven seagal and that blonde chick yeah. oh right yeah like yeah i totally get that do you mean that inflatable sex doll they tried to shove in the cupboard <laughs> Oh my god. We'll get to her. In the meantime, how many motorcycle jackets will you be giving this film? Well, I am going to give this 7,000 and one. So so six points less than me. (laughs) Six points less than you. Uh, I will discuss the podcast later so that people can transition straight into it. Well, I did get a little bit more in depth on some of my thoughts on this and my score around it has changed since that podcast. So, spoiler alert, it's getting worse because the more I watch this film in preparation, I've watched it twice in the last month, the worse it's getting. It is definitely a law of diminishing returns on this movie. Yeah, I could see that. To be fair, though, you're right. Tommy Lee Jones was fucking marvellous. And that's why I picked the motorcycle jackets because... His outfit was just on point, like fantastic, and he just must have had so much fun doing this film. Oh, that thing, like that scene where he's such these serious people, yeah, yeah. That scene where he's mouthfucking a harmonica is like out of this world. You know, like you can tell he doesn't know what the hell he's doing to play it, but he's like having the time of his life. It was so quality because I just didn't realize that they were the terrorists, right? So I was like. I'm not really buying Tommy Lee Jones as like a lead musician of this band. I don't know what's going on. This seems a bit stupid that they cast him as a musician. And then it turns out he isn't one. So I was like, oh, wow, then. Okay, that makes perfect sense. I was a bit sad, actually, that he turned out to be the bad guy because I was loving his vibe up until then. I just loved it. It was like, so what's, what do you want me to play this as? Like, just, just imagine you're Mick Jagger, but like you're psychotic. Oh, so Mick Jagger in real life. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Yeah, okay. That, that's about right, actually. It yeah. is. It's Mick that's Jagger, mix of like maybe Bob Dylan. I don't know what he was going for, but yeah. He but loved it. It was regardless. something. Anywho, let's move yeah. us over to our questions that can be applied to any film. Question number two, what is it, Liz? All right. Uh, what was the biggest dick move in the movie? Look, there are people like starving around the world, and the last thing we need is Gary Busey spitting in somebody's bullet bays. <laughs> <laughs> I almost picked that. I almost did because I was like, "How do you oh, come not? on, man? Like, what the oh, fuck? no, I've got something better." But okay, yeah, don't go spitting in a perfectly reasonable me. I was probably rather a nice bouillabaisse, and oh. you spit in it. That bouillabaisse got more character development than Eureka Leniak or anybody else in this fucking film. I got to say that it gets talked about often before it even occurs. Yeah, I was very unimpressed with that, but. I don't agree that is the biggest dick move. To me, the biggest dick move is Krill arranging to bring the stripper on board. Because even if the party was real, the captain really doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that would even want a stripper jumping out of the cake. Obviously, the party wasn't real. So then he just brought an innocent civvy on board for nothing. And then I kind of was worried it was going to be like for horrible reasons, like they were planning to sexually assault her, but then they were actually quite respectful to her the whole time. And like it wasn't, they weren't treating her in that way. So 
that didn't seem to be why. It just felt really pointless and cruel. She served absolutely no purpose in being there, right? Like they just yeah. took her along for absolutely no reason, and then you, you she drugged herself and then her. woke up inside a cake. But I'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, like it was all just very. I was just like, why did you arrange the stripper? That was really unnecessary, Krell, and you're a big douchey douche face. Absolutely. Moves over to question number three. What was the most moronic decision made by an otherwise smart character? I'm going to go with the National Security Advisor's attitude towards Ryback the whole time. Like, not wanting to include him or use him, and even, like, planning to make him the scapegoat. Because it made no sense, and it made him look like an idiot. And, yeah, that really annoyed me. Like, I feel like he'd have to have been relatively intelligent to get to that position. Yeah. Relatively. I'm not saying he had to be a fucking genius, but he had to be pretty... um, like, pretty smart and perceptive to become National Security Advisor. But generally speaking, I found this film very anti-intelligence uh, anyway, because, like, <laughs> all the people that sucked were either, like, the National Security Advisor or, like, the CIA people. All of, Anyone intelligency sucked. You're telling so me a movie of Steven Seagal in it was anti-intelligence. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, with a capital I. <laughs> As opposed to the general concept, which I hear what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it would have made sense if they were like, oh, he, he got you know discharged or demoted or whatever the fuck he got happened to him because he punched out his commanding officer. And that guy was like, hey, I know that story. That was me. It'd be like, okay, so that's why you hate him. To inexplicably hate the dude for no reason when he's your only lifeline on that boat is just like, shit. It's like, what the fuck? You know? I'd just be closed off to it like just be like no we can't we're not going to this is dumb let's just blame him what the yeah. fuck I, if it then turned around there he was like a best buddy of krill or something but then that wasn't it he was just dumb that, that's like a level of like script writing that just wasn't present in this film <laughs> yeah it's a shame <laughs> like uh what was yours then uh, my one was like basically with that dude that was guarding him gets shot steven Seagal yes. comes out notices he's like 17 bullet holes in his fucking body and then puts his fingers on his neck and takes his pulse. <laughs> like, are you, are you really dead or are you super? Maybe he was Superman. Maybe he thought he was Superman. Maybe. It was It was so stupid. It was so fucking stupid. And not that I yeah, think like Steven Seagal is an always smart character, but I mean, he's portrayed to be in this film. Like he's, he's supposed to be the man for it. Oh, yeah, so Casey Ryback was a smart character. We're not saying Steven Seagal is a smart person. No, absolutely not. Uh, Question number four, what is it, Liz? Speaking of bullshit, what was the biggest load of bullshit in this movie? That these dudes do absolutely nothing to overpower their attackers. So, like, when the, you know, the big plot twist that Tommy Lee Jones and his gang are all bad guys and they're on a ship full of nuclear weapons and there's, like, conservatively seven or eight bad guys and there's, like, a hundred marines and sailors. A thousand. Yeah, yeah There's exactly. a thousand at least. Like, these are, like, American exceptionalism at its finest is the American military. You know, like, these mm-hmm. guys would die before they let somebody take over a ship full of nuclear missiles i mean that is stupid it was fucking preposterous not to mention that yeah. all the shooting and all this other shit happens and then they go up to the deck and there's like seven dudes just hanging out like no, they've got no idea what the fuck's going on just chilling having a cup of tea just chilling exactly fine. they live stream her landing on the fucking ship to some dudes down in the fucking you know galley or whatever but they've got no idea about this all the shit that's happening oh it was stupid and, and none of these guys that are there at that thing have a like a sidearm or anything on them to fight back with you know like there's no shootout there's nothing 
Like, it's well, so I don't stupid. think they would be armed on ship, but I do think I agree. Like you think an, a mass of people would would theoretically be able to overpower them. But basically, as they were all filtering them down into like the bows of the ship, and they were like, you know, they were walking along politely. I was like, why aren't you fighting back? And then one of them was like, oh, I fight back. And then the other guy was like, oh, I shoot you in the face. And he's like, if anyone fights back, you're going to be killed. And then everyone was like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. Like, like and I was like, oh, okay, that's that's easy. Which makes sense if it's yeah. a kindergarten, but it's fucking like... Yeah, like just, there was no... Oh, there was the the one guys who were like banging to try and get someone's attention with Morse code or whatever, but that was about the max of it. I thought yeah. that was a bit, yeah. But um, I'm going with the way that Jordan Tate was portrayed at the beginning of the film compared to how she was by the end. Because at the beginning, she's shown to be this shrieking, hysterical bimbo, but by the end, she's coolly shooting dudes in cold blood and like assisting in the mission. She's super resilient. She's like just taking it all in stride. Like, yeah, this is totally sweet. Whereas at the start, she was like, meh, meh. And it really annoyed me. I was like, why couldn't they just make her that from the start? And it actually would have been way more interesting if they gave her that depth. Like from the start, she's like, right, so how are we going to, how are we going to take these guys on? You know, and how, what can I do? Where's my gun? You know, like that would have been quite cool. You would have been like, oh, who's this stripper? But instead you're like, oh God. Stupid bimbo bitch, shut up. And then in the end, she yeah. turns out to be a bit more interesting. But why not just do that from the beginning, you fucking idiots? You can imagine Arika Leniak is- signing up to this film. It's just like, so what's my character? It's like, well, you know, like for 70, 80% of the movie, you're just going to show your boobs and just be like eye candy. But then you basically turn into Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2. <laughs> like Linda Hamilton is like a running around screaming like a shrew for all the Terminator 1. And then in Terminator 2, she's like the super mega badass. Yeah, you're going to do that in the space of maybe 20 minutes of screen time. <laughs> yeah, it just it does my head in. I'm like, why? Why do you need... Ah, that's my <laughs> angry stupid. rant. Okay, it's one of my angry rants. That was something I really found quite irritating. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was pretty bad. Question five is the first of our Patreon questions. Comes courtesy of our mate Emily Higgins of the Tasters Podcast. Podcast which compares two films. One that's universally beloved. She compares it to a film that she feels doesn't get the love it deserves. Oh, Emily, I love your show, but some of your takes are quite curious. I suggested she do this against Die Hard. Shut up. Anyway, this is so much better. (laughs) Her question this week, which character from this film has gone the longest without showering? Uh, it's definitely Stranix. He would have been in some dodgy situations when he was doing operational activities, and also he just seemed to play it really fast and loose anyway. He just I really didn't get the vibe that he was a daily showerer. You know yeah. I mean? Like, I feel like he was just like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm off on operation for three weeks. I don't need to take shampoo. That's fine. I feel like he's the second obvious answer. The obvious answer being Krill. I mean, he's... Insane. Oh, no. See, I reckon that, yeah, I mean, he's insane. But remember, he's also, well, up until the very start of the film, he is an XO on a Navy ship. I reckon he would have been one of those guys who showered like three times a day. Because he would have been all like, look at me, I'm such a alpha male and I'm so muscly and impressive and everybody likes looking at how cool I am. It's funny, I actually went, you know, the the captain of the ship. You know, the guy that he's like, (laughs) he goes and shoots. Just not because he's like a elderly person and like old people forget to take showers but okay maybe that is my answer well that might be my answer coming up real real soon sam cool excellent <laughs> spoiler alert 
Not so, the next one, I hope. Question six. <laughs> what character best represents the other podcaster? So before we came on here, I said to Liz that I, I felt woefully unprepared. In fact, we postponed this podcast by 24 hours so I could rewatch the film and get right in the right headspace. Because I had Krill as the answer for everything, and I'm going to keep Krill as the answer for this one. <laughs> Set, what the... What the actual fuck's that? What the cinnamon toast fuck? You just, You're going to have to back You just both up. have a very similar like vibe and energy, you know? Like when he's trying to organize things and he's telling people to get lost, it's a surprise party and all this other stuff. I'm like, this is a real Liz, like, do what I say, do what I say. Why does no one take me seriously? Do as I say. Energy that I was like, it's, it's Liz. Except that everyone does take me seriously because I'm fucking amazing at organizing shit. If I organized that captain's surprise party slash terrorist attack. You sounding a lot like the crew when he's like, I am captain of the ship. I am captain of the ship. (laughs) I'm the captain now. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, well, you're Captain Adams because, you know... He's a good-natured chap. He's quite practical and reasonable. Don't be nice to me after I've shed on you. <laughs> he didn't stand a chance the minute any dudes with guns turned up. Like, the guy yeah, had no, no hope. No idea what was going on. Playing him fast and loose. Just chilling out. Relaxing all cool. You know, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is totally me. Yeah. I would, I would mm-hmm. fucking... I would have jumped off the ship, to be honest. As soon as there was gunshots, I would have been like, I know I'm on a Navy ship and I'm supposed to be used to the sound of ordnance firing, but I'm out. I'm gone. See you later. I think you would have like jumped off the ship and then gone, oh, shit, I don't know how to swim. <laughs> hey, I that's, know how to swim. Uh-huh. Very mm-hmm. poorly. Mm-hmm. I do a doggy uh, style, breaststroke. I do all the strokes. Well done. <laughs> doggy you, Missionary. Do you I, I've got all the positions. Yeah, I know. I heard it and I thought I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to ignore it. Speaking of, what's question seven, Sam? Question number seven is a fan favourite. What quote from this film would be the worst thing to hear immediately after you finish having sex? Okay, I have like four. So how many do you have? I got two. Okay, well, okay, I'm going to start. Another cold day in hell. Do you hate being dead? (laughs) (laughs) Do I look like I need a psychological evaluation? That was the obvious one. That was like first on my list and got deleted, so I did have three at one point. This insanity is illogical. <laughs> you have done a good job to this point, but you are now relieved of duty. See, that is like got to be the <laughs> nicest fucking thing to ever hear. Amelia, after see, but you now relieved of this duty. Thank fuck, I'm out. Good, go over fucking. I th- no, I feel like that's patronising. They're like, you've done a good job, but uh, you're now relieved. Get the yeah, fuck send out. in the next one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's your other one? No, that was it. Those, those are my three. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, mine was, uh, what kind of babbling bullshit is this? Yeah, that was not a good one. That's not a good yeah, one. there's quite a few good ones, actually. There were a few good one-liners. It was. I, I will give that to this film. Was there was quite a few good one-liners. It's just a shame it's delivered by such a fucking, like, charisma vacuum that is... That is take oh, your yeah. pick. That is a really neat... Although, saying that, like, Krill go. quality, like, I actually do feel like I want to incorporate... Do I look like I need a psychological evaluation into my everyday life? I might not like the Just the way like he that. delivers it is just so I know. amazing. Well dressed half, you know, half, half yeah. like a woman, half not, like, and just the cut down side of his yeah. face. <laughs> and like screaming about it. And you're like, yeah. And I love that TLJ's just like, no, not at all. Or whatever, you know, like just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's quality. Absolutely. Uh, excellent. Question eight is. What side character or characters had their lives absolutely ruined by the events in this movie? I'm going to go with the third in charge. 
Not oh, yeah. <laughs> he thought he was having a great time. No, he did. I don't feel like he did. I, I've got the feeling from him that he really couldn't be fucked with any of this shit. You know, everyone's up and dancing and having a good t- time, and he's just sitting at the back like, oh, I don't even want to fucking be here. And then they're like, oh, yeah. Who's oh, your God, food in charge? And then he out. stands up and he's like, I am. I'm the XO. Oh, you must be really proud. Uh, or some <laughs> shit like that. And they just get shot through the middle of the forehead. I don't think your life can get much more ruined than being shot through the middle of the forehead. I've got to say. Yeah, that's the easy answer, though. So I'm going to go with, I was originally thinking like the F-18 pilot or something, but actually mm. I'm going to go with President George H.W. Bush because <laughs> he was there doing this lovely spiel about like America's impressive military might and power. And he would have thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to get a really nice rating spike out of this. Like if it's going to be like, yeah, America, defense, woo. And then suddenly it's all associated with, like, rogue intelligence and military operatives and a potential terrorist attack on Pearl Harbor, and it just would have totally derailed his presidency. My I mean, deep philosophical George debate. George H.W. Bush. My deep philosophical debate for question 11 was, did George H.W. Bush know he was going to be in this film, and how much did he know about what he was going to be, <laughs> what's going to happen in this film? Because it was like, was- when I was panning through the audience... And you heard him giving a speech. I was like, right, they've managed to secure the rights to public domain speech of George H.W. Bush. And then when it cuts to him, I was like, it's not a stand-in. It's not a double. It's actually the fucking president, then president of America. <laughs> you know, like, what Yeah, the no, fuck? I think they just used like a, stand- like a news broadcast or something because the USS Missouri was literally decommissioned a few months before they started making the film. So I right. think they he made some sort of speech as part of that and they just – cut and pasted and did a good job of it so it looked like he'd literally come in the film because surely he wouldn't appear in the film they didn't really do that back then did they no no they didn't no i could see like obama doing that or like trump if he was gonna look really cool and he you know was like yeah look at me i'm a movie star but like yeah i don't really see hw bush doing it so i'm thinking it was just literally you know they just happened to find good footage and did a good job around it I mean, Trump has been in movies, but admittedly that was long before his presidency. <laughs> Home Jesus. Alone 2, and, and that's the <laughs> shittest. Actually, I don't know, was there Home Alone 3? That was probably worse. No, have you seen Home Sweet Home Alone? No. Okay, don't make me subject you to it. If I can last through half an hour, then I'm sure you'd be able to last through 13 seconds. It is quite possibly <laughs> one of the worst films I've seen in the last two, three years, whenever it came out. Good God. Yeah, no, that sounds terrible. Fucking So terrible. we should move on. Yes, let's move on to question number nine. What is your most controversial opinion about this film? And this question comes courtesy of our mate Julio of the Contrarians podcast, podcast which rages against the Rotten Tomatoes machine by taking a universally beloved movie and arguing why it is terrible, or vice versa. So, for instance, a movie like this, which has 79% on Rotten Tomatoes, they would argue why it's absolute garbage. And there's a lot here to argue for. But anyway... Yeah, I feel like they could do that pretty easily. (laughs) Yeah. I, like I said, I went and read a few things about the film afterwards just to make sure I really understood what was going on and stuff. And a lot of them, shut up your face. I was just well, a bit curious. No, I'm not, I'm not like laughing that. at that. I'm laughing at some poor motherfucker who, who's like, life's purpose is right, better write the novelization of Under Siege. The, the, the internet needs to know the plot. They need to understand. <laughs> the detailed plot of this film. I did. Anyway, so I read a bunch of reviews and... Most of them were like, if not all of them, were just like, ah, oh, the thing that really makes this movie is that the Navy ship is really cool. I really love that they're on the battleship and they're showing like how magnificent it is, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I didn't find the ship that exciting a setting. Did like, Stacy write the reviews? That's the type of shit that Stacy writes. Yeah, I was really surprised. Like, all say. of them were just like, yeah. it was just so magnificent. And I was just like, nah, I didn't really, because it actually kind of confused me, like trying to work out where they were going and stuff. 
There was one bit I found real weird, and it's when he suddenly turns up to like a wood shop, and he's fighting all these dudes who are just doing like basic wood shop tasks. Who the fuck are they? Why did the terrorist big people like? They're not doing like hard out technical like bomb making. They're literally like just using the lathe or whatever and just be like, I'm going to cut some wood. And he walks in, he's like, yeah, fuck you guys. And kills them all. And I'm like, who the hell are you? Why is he? I, just, I found that really weird. Sorry, random tangent. No, it's fine. Like, I feel like the more questions you ask about this film, the more you slowly are going insane and do need a psychological evaluation. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> Do I look like I need a psychological evaluation? <laughs> I don't Shut know up. how to tell you this. I was kind of hoping that was going to be one of your questions so I could let you down easy. But... Yeah, that's not a controversial opinion, Sam. So what is? <laughs> what my, is my controversial opinion is I was like legitimately going to give this a hyperbole sandwich if I was doing this with Machu and Kahu. I feel like I have to be more measured in my approach with you because I feel like you can't handle the hyperbole sometimes and I feel like it warps your pretty logical brain. <laughs> I feel like hyperbole is similar for Stacey and Topher, formerly we watched the thing. I feel like that just it just warps you guys too much. And so I was like, you know, I'll, I'll leave it. But get me on another day, man. This is a hyperbole sandwich. <laughs> Boosie is fucking insane and it's amazing. Fucking Tommy Lee Jones is fucking insane and it's amazing. Steven Seagal legitimately turns out the performance of his career. As Liz mentioned, Rekleniak, best acting she's ever done. Has she done any other acting? Yes, it's all fucking terrible. Wow. She was in Baywatch for three years and she, she did another one. Oh, what the fuck is it? What is it? Oh, I can't remember. I'm sure it's terrible, whatever it is. Yeah, she, um, she's, done sure other, she's done other films and they are fucking horrific. They are just steaming piles of, of straight to video, straight to nobody ever saw me trash. I am sure all our listeners are just really glad that you're doing this podcast with me now. Then, No. Rather than just ranting. I mean, to be fair, I will say the madcap villainry of this film was pretty bloody excellent. Busey was just really unhinged the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. To the point that it makes me sad that we didn't see that side of him as much in Point Break. Yeah, or in any other film because that's where he shines, right? It's absolutely where he shines. Do you know what this movie could have really used, though? Nick Cage. Yes! I was going to say Nick Cage. (laughs) Ah, he could have been amazing. He would have been way better as Ryback. I mean, take Nick Cage from, like, The Rock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would have been quality. I would have loved that. Chuck him in this film. With all the martial arts as well. Yeah, all the the martial martial arts. arts. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, I would have bought that. That'd be sick. Anywho, um, question number 10. What is it, Liz? Speaking of sick, what character is the most likely to have ended up in hospital for sex-related injuries? There's a dude who's like going to Busey or somebody's or whoever, and he's like, you can't land a Chinook on this plane. There's protocols. There's protocols. You can't land it. And then immediately in the next scene, they just roll out a very used copy of Playboy, and they're like, look who's landing. It's Miss July 1989. And he's like, oh, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, that helicopter could totally land. <laughs> He just loses all gumption. He like he's just like, oh okay, hey, hello, ah boobs. I don't know how to do anything else now. Boobs. Yeah, oh, nuclear weapons. Yeah, here's the fucking uh, here's the football. Go ahead, go 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 start a nuclear war with China. Good lord. Um, well, since you didn't pick Krill this time, I will. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, because he's clearly going to have something lodged in his ass that he put there himself. Like it's a guarantee. The, the question is sex-related injury, not masturbatory-related injuries. <laughs> uh, that counts. I reckon it counts. Who am I kidding? Actually, to be honest, I still think he'd do that while having sex with someone else. Yeah, true. 
That moves us over to question number 11, which is what deep philosophical debate arose in you in this movie, and I've already given mine, so what do you got, Liz? I was wondering whether having more women on the ship, because if you watch this film, there are no women on the ship. There's like two women in the whole film, basically, the stripper and one advisor in the National Security Council room. So would having more women on the ship make the men more or less feral? Because they were gross when Jordan turns up, right? Like, they're all literally standing on the decks being like, ah, woman, boobs! And I was like, oh my god. So you'd think that ongoing exposure to more women would therefore make them more reasonable. But then I just read that the Pentagon reported one in ten female sailors uh, experience unwanted sexual contact in 2021. Jesus. So, <laughs> maybe my deep philosophical debate is actually just why I'm in, and maybe we leave it there. I've never heard that on the podcast before from you, Liz. <laughs> I've really tried to rein it in, okay? I really tried <laughs> I to not bring out too much of the feminism in this one, but it really had to be said. Holy shitballs. i got to say, though, like mine was... My other backup one was, did this movie signal the end of action films with big, bulky male leads? Because we'd been through the 80s of Sylvester Stallone and Arnie and Steven Skull's quite a big man. Not as Van big Damme. as he is now, yeah. piece of shit. Van Damme, isn't, he, he's a muscular man, but he's also about my height, so he's quite short. Um, is he? Yeah, he's he's five foot eight. Mm. He's not he's not a tall man. Or oh, maybe he might be a little bit taller than that. But like we, we started getting... He's a bodybuilder, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like he, yeah. He's incredibly good shape. Like, don't get me wrong. But like... We started seeing the likes of Mel Gibson, who's also a short ass, and Tom Cruise and Nicolas Cage and mm. all these other sort of actors pop up on these action roles. And it kind of, like, they transitioned to people that actually know how to act. It was quite interesting. Not a bad move, I guess. And I was, yeah. So I, I was suppose. wondering, because this was, this was 1992 or 1991, sometime around that. And I feel like we'd had the 80s action and then it was like transitioning out and becoming more Finky Man's action. And then action just died as a franchise, really, until. Yeah, you're right. Like Marvel I'm movies. About, <laughs> I'm thinking about '90s films, uh, you know, like late, late '90s, and you just don't. Yeah, any actions I'm thinking of, they don't have big, bulky male leads. You're right. Nah, and then like what would be, probably be the creme de la creme of 2000 action film is. Oh, I mean, there's Gladiator, I suppose. Like Russell Crowe got fucking ripped for that, but even still, he's not yeah. a big, bulky dude. Like, there's he's no. not a behemoth. You got like Will Smith. He's not. No, Will Smith isn't. Johnny Depp, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean, no. Orlando yeah. Bloom, no. I can't, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you there go. we go. Question number 12, what is it, Liz? All right, what scene from this movie will you remember on your deathbed? I'm going to be so, like, I, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be honest. It's boobs coming out of a cake. Oh, oh my God. How, like, I remember it from my childhood, and of course I remember it in this film, because quite often, quite... There's nothing else on this in this film that will be memorable, you know. Like, there's an, aside from Tommy Lee Jones yeah. being fucking insane and chewing the scenery, and do I look like I need a psychological evaluation? It's like for reasons I'll get into. Like, as a teenage me, it was the oh my god, look, it's tits, and then as an adult me, it's like oh my god, is that tits? Like, there's a transition. Why are the why are the tits? Why yeah. are those tits there? Like, yeah. Who put yeah. these tits? We'll here? get to that. Yeah, we'll get into it very soon. Who put those tits there? What the fuck are they doing there? No, I totally agree with you, not on the tits, but on the, <laughs> not being that much. I've really struggled with this question. I think I'm going to go with 
maybe just the bit with the captain's coffin at the end because it was a really lovely moment and it was something that would be quite striking to watch and quite meaningful to be there. And I thought that was pretty cool that they did that. I've forgotten that, that, that was already. About the only thing. <laughs> it's just raining and they got you know the coffin and they're all like standing around in their nice. Oh, they're all standing around in their uniforms, including Jordan Tate, who is wearing yes! a naval uniform, and what I'm like, fuck? no. <laughs> No, that does not happen. That will not happen. What the fuck are you doing? For your role oh. in killing multiple terrorists, even though you hate killing people and you also hate dating musicians, are your two rules. We're now making you. We're going to let you wear like formal Navy attire at a formal Navy event. Like, no. You get to be the rear then, admiral, which is funny because we all love your front guns. Okay. I think we should move on. To the well, that's the question. type of shit you'd expect from this fucking movie. It's so fucking ridiculously yeah, yeah, horny fair. for no fucking reason. But I'm getting oh, to so it. So dumb. I'm getting to it. Question 13 is a question that Liz petitioned to be in this podcast, which we haven't used in quite some time. But what minor change to this film would have ended this movie in like 15 minutes? I'm going to say if the captain had been in any way more diligent, he would have surely uncovered Krill's subterfuge because the guy really did not seem smart enough to cover his tracks properly. <laughs> to get all the people on board without proper vetting, with all the weaponry. I know it was a surprise party, but then he still shouldn't have allowed Krill that much leeway in the first place. Like, the Navy has checks and balances, and there are, like, defense and depth and all sorts of things that you have to go through and check off, and they didn't. And I just think that's bullshit. And. If they just followed the rules, none of this shit would have ever happened. <laughs> they managed to land a Chinook helicopter on a ship that is packed full of nuclear weapons, but the Chinook helicopter itself is packed full of terrorists with guns. No one at any point yeah. has searched these guys, asked them why they've got, you know, 17 different there's fucking just, assault rifles. There's just no way that would happen if you followed the rules. I like rules, okay? <laughs> Follow the rules. There's oversight and checks and balances for a reason. Okay. Nerd! <laughs> Find what you was. Oh, if they just left him in the meat freezer, there's no reason to go get him out of there. Oh, yeah, true. There were quite a few things. Like, if he hadn't punched his commanding officer in the face, he wouldn't have been there. And But all of those things would have ended up bad, and I wanted to yeah. have it end up good. I, so. I, well, my other one, too, is, like, if we wanted this movie to run out to at least 45 minutes, at one point there, Top Hands, <laughs> former Navy SEAL, jumps in the water and does what's best described as... <laughs> as close to drowning swimming style as he bobs yes. around in the water along the side of a submarine for no reason like he's not got no reason to try and traverse the submarine by floating around in the water and then all the bad guys and this is the biggest load of bullshit this is like stupid decisions by otherwise smart characters this is all those questions rolled up into one i'm surprised this lasted this long all those guys rather than shoot this clown who's <laughs> bobbing around in the water in clear sight of a flashlight Rather than just shoot him repetitively with a couple of thousand bits of ammo that you've got that you don't need, why not shoot him? Instead, they decide to throw anchors, mini anchors. To try and grapple him. Try and grapple him as if he's hiding the codes and they need to get something off him. They've got no reason whatsoever to keep this man alive at this point. They should have put 70 for his skull. Cole Meany then gets the jump on him at the other end of the boat, has a gun pointed at him, decides to pontificate some fucking nonsense, and then doesn't hear a reclaniac walk up behind him and shoot him, even though she'd have no idea how to use a fucking gun. She'd be fumbling around in her hands trying to work out where the fucking safety is. Oh, no, 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 no. That's the Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Here's my rant. Here's my fucking rant. Yeah. Fuck this film. Yeah, I hear I, yeah. Shit sandwich. Fuck this film. I'm fat enough of it. Hyperbole <laughs> sandwich. I don't know what to give it. <laughs> 
Just calm down, Sam. Just calm down. Do I look like you need a um, psychological ventilation? <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, yeah, the thing that annoyed me about that was like she just shoots him and then she's just like, oh, hey. Like she doesn't blink. She's just killed a dude in cold blood. And she's just like, oh, sup. It's from the hip or something as well, eh? It's like, it's from the hip. It's like. Just straight up, just like, bang. Giant, terrifying weapon that, like, I have never even seen one, let alone pick one up. Like, I, yeah, I just found that so fucking stupid. Oh, hey, Johnny, what's up? It's like that. It's like, it's just like nonchalant to the most bizarre event that's ever happened in front of your face. Oh, hey. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, on to my questions. Okay, so my my questions all follow a very similar pattern, and they've all got the same mm-hmm. preface. In terms of major Hollywood blockbusters, does this movie have the absolute worst two acting performances in the lead protagonist roles of all time? No. Ooh. I, I know. I didn't mind Steven Seagal in this. As I said, like, not, like, world's best actor, but definitely not worst. And I actually didn't mind Erica What's-Her-Face by the end. Like, I really hated her at the start, but by the end I was like, oh, no, okay, you're fine. And I just don't think it's any comparison to Kristen Stewart and Robin Patterson in Twilight, who were both absolutely horrible and unappealing in the entire series of movies, and they were really driven like this, and it was all shite. Oh, that's a good call. That's a good call. They were definitely worse. Definitely worse. Yep. Yeah. Which is the same. And they, made it, they put us through three of them. Four of them. Four. This was just one. And it's a shame because I will give that Case Stew and R. Pets actually are quite good actors, actresses, actor and actress. They've done oh, good yeah. films. They've actually done really good performances that I'm like quite impressed Absolutely. with. Absolutely. In yeah. that, those films, though, no. Fucking terrible. She's flapping films. about like a weird cold fish, and he's got a face like he's a smushed up ding dong who someone's hit him in the face with a shovel. Like, it's just all terrible. Better hold on tight, Spider Monkey. Oh, moving on. Why did I bring Twilight up? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, over to my next question. I, I don't even have an answer for that. I remember Dane DeHaan and Cara Delevingne being incredibly fucking terrible in that Valerian movie, but oh, f- f- don't want to get into that. Um, question number two, does this movie here... Oh, sorry. In terms of major Hollywood blockbusters, because I, I, I've got to put this because I don't... I mean, obviously The Room answers yes. all of these questions, so I'm like... <laughs> So I'm like, well, I've got to make it major Hollywood blockbusters. In terms of major Hollywood blockbusters, does this movie have the absolute worst use of gratuitous nudity of all time? It was really, really stupid and unnecessary nudity. No question. Why is she dancing to literally no one? Like, I'd be wandering about trying to find some booze or find the nuclear codes or some shit, you know? Like... I'm not going to be just randomly dancing in a cake to no one. That just seemed really stupid. But I don't think it is the worst. I'm going with Point Break with the woman answering the door topless because at least that woman was a stripper and she was there to do a job and under siege. But in Point Break, it was just completely nonsensical. I, I buy it more in Point Break. I admittedly haven't done my research on this, but I, I must put this up there as terms of being like some of the worst. <laughs> Excuse me. Nudity. Are you saying that you have not done your research on watching gratuitous nudity in film? I can't get all the way through the scene, <laughs> I so I can't judge. I believe you. <laughs> oh, Sam. I have trouble finishing scenes uh. and comparing. And, yeah. Oh, heinous. But it's like, it's it's so terrible. So for people that haven't seen oh, it or, or haven't rewatched it lately, he walks into a room and she's taken some some medicine like to calm seasickness or something. And she's blacked out, basically. 
So she's blacked out inside of a cake with no top on. The cake somehow rolls forward about, I don't know, six or seven feet. And she immediately pops out with no top on, dancing like a stripper. Yeah. The boobs are out. There's no one there. She's just like, "Ah, I'm having a great time. I'm like, what the Why? Why even have her there at all? But also, why is she, yeah? The whole thing was just fucking stupid. In a g-string, like, tits out, just for no reason. It, it, she pops out like she would have. Who immediately even got her up. in the cake? Why did they even order the cake with the dripper space in it? Because they never intended to use it, and it's not like anyone knew it was coming. Because it was, I don't know, just everything about it was it's fucking so stupid. stupid. It's yeah, yeah. It's got to be up there. Okay, so question number three. In terms of major Hollywood blockbusters, does this movie have the absolute worst sexual chemistry between the two leads of all time? Again, no. In this one, I actually quite like the way Ryback treats Tate because he kind of decide like she, like I said at the start, she's like this hysterical bimbo that's ridiculous. But he actually treats her quite like politely and like not condescending. You know, he talks her how to use the gun. He decides that she's going to be capable of using it when she's going, get me alone, and being a total nut job. He's actually quite reasonable to it. Like I'm not saying he should win a prize or anything, but it's not. Terrible. Hang on, um, hang I mean, on, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Does it not strike you as quite paternal as opposed to romantic? Like, he's legitimately looking out for, like, a dad or an oh. older brother. Like, there's yeah, like, no the romantic start, chemistry. At the start, yeah, I think by the end, I was like, oh, I could see them banging, I guess. But I mean, I don't see it lasting longer than a week. Like, I feel like they'll have a couple of bangs and then be like, okay, so this is weird and pointless. Because there's a solid age difference there, too, isn't there? Yeah, massively, yeah, yeah. He'd be twice your age. Yeah, so that's gross. But um, I still am going to go with Seth Rogen and Catherine Heigl and Knocked Up as being worse because oh. that was an absolutely unbelievable pairing which ruined that movie from the outset. It's like pairing me and you. It's not going to happen. Yeah, no, I am a Heigl <laughs> am, in that relationship I am for sure. way, way <laughs> above I've never compared rage. myself to Catherine Heigl in my entire life, but here I go. I definitely am the Heigl of that. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, that is not what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I really hated that. Because I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right. And then I went, oh, no. I know one that I hated more. I'm just going to put it this way. I, I, I know people that are like Seth Rogen in terms of their comedic ability, and those people have managed to have um, sexual relations with quite hot women that are way hotter than them and ended up marrying one. So, you know, suck it, Liz. Yeah, yeah. Stacey's way above your pay grade as well. <laughs> but regardless, I still hated that in the film, so shut up. Yeah. Okay. Again, I, yeah. this has got to be up there for me. Like, this is legitimately to the point that I, like, felt ill in my fucking stomach watching this. Like, when he's like, show us a movie. He's like, how about this oh, movie? Was so dumb. I was like, what the fuck? Are you serious? This poor What was even is- the point of that? Like, what was even the point? The guy going, oh, show us a movie. Why? Why show us a movie? Aren't you in, like, a... I don't know. Just all of that was really dumb. It's fucking stupid. Yeah, this has got to be up there. I merely haven't done my research. These questions for, for Liz, not necessarily me. So let's move over to questions for me from Liz. Go, Liz. Oh, look, if it makes you feel better, I was just trying to be contrary. I actually do think most of those things, if they're not like <laughs> if they're not like the most, they're very, very close. But um, I just felt it being a pain in the ass. Um, but yeah, so my questions. So my first question, what would you find the hardest about being a sailor on the ship like that? Oh, easy. It's pretending that Stephen Seagal's fucking funny. I don't get why all these people on this <laughs> boat think he's hilarious. He, he's like, 
you know, I get it. They're trying to show us he's a man of the people. He's one of the boys, all that sort of shit. But he's like down in the galley and he's like, yo, Kubal, show us a move. And everyone's like, whoa, fucking good oh, one, so right? Oh, look at him. He's pretending to dance with him and he's got no moves, but he, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Right oh, up. look at that. Oh, yeah, you're fucking, oh, you're the man, right? Back. Oh, yeah, no. Hey, you should do that Louisiana accent for like two scenes. Oh, you're talking about this one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I really, he actually fuck? really annoyed me. Whereas playing all fast and loose, like when he went up to see the captain, the captain's like, yeah, I'm going to need you to wear your formal attire. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, you're in the Navy. You've been trained your entire career that you follow orders. You don't just go, nah, I'm not going to wear formal attire when you don't want to. That's not how that works. That's not how the military works, bruh. Put your whites on and you might meet the president. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. Legit. But I'm just, still gonna fucking do it. Like, I, I couldn't handle. I couldn't handle believing this guy has any idea what the fuck he's doing. That's pretty much like this guy's a Navy part. SEAL. He yeah. is gonna follow orders. Like I just, yeah, that was really stupid. My second question: There was like this full-on theme in the film about mental illness. Like they just kept using words like uh, manic and crazy and insane and psycho or whatever. But they particularly um, describe Stranix as crazy. And I'm wondering if you think Stranix is actually mentally ill. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think anybody that wants to take over a <laughs> a ship and steal nuclear weapons probably has something going on in their head that's a little bit a little bit nutty, but I mean, I don't know, does he look like he needs a psychological evaluation? <laughs> Only at one point in the film, when he got like after he got hit in the head, I feel like he got concussion and that made him a little nutty. But it did make um, him a little nutty, yeah. I thought actually the rest of us kind of like yeah, the CIA just trains them to be like, you know, like it's this intense training and it just fucks with you. And then they just fucked him over and were trying to kill him. So he was like, no, fuck you. I'm going to kill him. Like, I actually felt like Krill represented having some kind of serious mental health disorder. Like, he must have oh, had yeah. borderline personality disorder or narcissistic personality or something. Stranix, I felt like he was just super frustrated and like, fuck you guys. But he, I str- he struck me more as like a sociopath or. You know, psychopath as opposed to like, you know, yeah, just which I guess like insane. CIA operatives are always presented as, but yeah, it's just interesting. I feel like you kind of have to to be in that role. Like, I feel like that'd be part of mm-hmm. the territory, wouldn't it? At least if it's a role like it is in the movies. Yeah, like, like if you're overthrowing governments, you can't exactly have a fucking conscience, can you? Well, yeah, like you have to be comfortable with being morally gray. Yeah. Which doesn't necessarily mean you're crazy or sociopathic, though. So, yeah, no, no, I just thought it was interesting. Because that just came up a lot in the film. I really Mm. noticed it, so I was just curious. Anyway, uh, my third question, question 19, is what other movie does this movie remind you of and why is slash isn't it Die Hard? So here's where I'll plug my good mate Jason from Binge Movies, his podcast. So he got me on to do Die Hard knockoffs. That was the premise of the Binge Movies podcast, was to go on there and talk about five films that were Die Hard knockoffs. So we did this. We did Sudden Death, we did Toy Soldiers, we did Skyscraper, that god-awful fucking movie starring The Rock that's absolutely fucking terrible, and we did another film that I'd happily give a hyperbole sandwich if I was doing it with Machu and Kahu, which is Passenger 57 starring Wesley Snipes. All of those films have very similar themes, which is like, you know, there's a besotten man basically fighting back against all the bad guys who are trying to take over for terrorist reasons, so yeah. Yeah. I find it hilarious that Die Hard's like one of my favorite films. The Die Hard series are like some of my favorite films. I haven't seen any of those Die Hard knockoffs you just listed, so 
I'm going to take a note of those and I'm going to go away and watch those. Spoiler that alert. pretty cool. Spoiler alert for that episode. We decided to crown what we think is the best Die Hard knockoff and it's not this film. Okay, so that's good. So there's an option that isn't this one. All right, well, I'm looking forward to checking that out. So you'll be able to access a link to that episode in the show notes, I'm presuming, Sam? Yeah, absolutely. Jason is an amazing man, and he has an amazing podcast. And um, some of the regulars of the show have been on there, like Billy's been on there, uh, Paul from the Countdown podcast has been on there. And it's, it's great. He basically just, yeah, grabs a guest, they talk about five different films, they rank them, review them, everything. I have such a blast when I'm on. He's, he's just an awesome all-round dude. And people should go check out his podcast. As a result, not just listen to me and those guys, listen to all of his episodes. Make him a happy man. Yeah. I mean, ones without Sam would be so much better. So definitely check those out. Well, you say that, but my episode of him hasn't even come out yet, and it's been voted the best podcast of 2023. So there you go. Yeah. Um, That does not mean what you think it means. So (laughs) I think you should move on to the next. Are you shitting on Fern's opinion? Are you telling me that Fern's opinion is wrong? Are you telling my three-year-old daughter that she's wrong? Yes, I think it's important to educate children that they're so wrong as early as you can. Yeah, <laughs> She needs a psychological evaluation. <laughs> Not just because I'm a father. Uh, but it probably helps. Yeah. Cool. So what's question 20? Yes, so that moves us down to our final question. And as I mentioned, it is a Patreon question. This question comes courtesy of our man, Chris. Chris Yeeney, what on the nose song would you drop into this movie? I love this question, Chris. I love answering it every week. And I've come to a massive breakthrough in the history of movie reviews and 20Qs, but I will get to that very soon. So whatever answer you're going to give, Liz, doesn't matter, but dish. Mm. Well, okay. I'm like, I like, should I even bother? Mine's not amazing or anything, but look, uh, like I said before, they were all constantly going on about people being crazy, so I went with that theme. I'm going to go with She's a Maniac by Michael Cimbello. You know, like, she's a maniac, maniac. And the band will be playing it when Krill's dressed up like a woman and dancing is like a, before he heads up to the captain's quarters. So it's like a nice little premonition of what's to come. That's a good one. That's a good Thank one. Thank you. Clearly, it's not as good as your fucking amazing epiphany, though. So, Well, no, anyway. okay. So he, here's the thing. I thought to myself, well, they've got massive guns in this film. So what song title out there is that, that describes massive guns? And, of course, there's a song by ACDC called Big Gun. but I've now come to the conclusion that we should ban ACDC from being an answer to this question in the future. We've used Highway to Hell a bunch. We've also used we've used Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap a lot. We've used these songs quite a bit. And I'm pretty sure we even used Thunderstruck on an episode that we did about Thor. And then I realized <laughs> when you start looking at ACDC song titles, you get Thunderstruck, Highway to Hell, Back in Black, You Shook Me All Night Long, Shoot to Thrill, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, It's a Long Way to the Top, Shot in the Dark, The Jack, Big Gun, High Voltage, If You Want Blood, Walk All Over You, Hard as a Rock, Let Me Put My Love Into You, <laughs> Are You Ew. Ready, Money Talk, Who Made Who, You Could Probably Use All These Fucking Songs In This Fucking Movie, yeah. and Every Fucking Movie That We Watch, TNT, yeah. There's Another One, Hell's Bells. Come on, ACDC, you've officially been banned from movie reviews and 20Qs as an answer. I'm making So what official. I'm hearing is, my answer beats yours because your answer is banned. Boom! Exactly. This band is banned. Eat shit, Sam. <laughs> sure, Liz. Anyway, that takes <laughs> us down to the end. Do you feel like there's anything that we haven't discussed that maybe should have been brought up? I don't. I personally want to stop talking about this film before I make it a hyperbole shit sandwich, but 
yeah, nah, I'm good. I think this film did not really deserve the amount of talking that we have given it, but it got it anyway, and so lucky this film. Are you now a shit sandwich? Oh, look, I... Nah, I stick with what... I'm a consistent person. I mean, for the target audience at the time, it delivered what they would have wanted, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm really trying to be reasonable about, like, the target audience thing, like, because (laughs) I would have liked more women and women not to be idiots, but, like, I wasn't the target audience, so I'm really trying to rein it in, calm it down. Boobs. Cake boobs. A whole new different Mm -hmm. type of boobs. Cake boobs. Cake boobs. Yep. Gratuitous cake boobs. Absolutely. Anyway, that does take us down to the end. Thank you so much to everyone for listening and joining us on this adventure, if you can call it that. Was that like a riff on the thing, like the naval slogan, which is like, this isn't a career, it's an adventure? Uh, yeah, sure no. was. That's exactly, exactly what I was going for. <laughs> claiming it, claiming it. Anyway, uh-huh. if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In and on Instagram and Facebook at Movie Reviews In 20 Qs. Upcoming films, who knows? Who fucking knows? We are obviously doing these episodes fortnightly if you're a regular listener to the show. And so this has offered us a bit of flexibility. It means that I only have to edit one episode a month because Liz does the other one. So yay, happy days. I've got time to myself. So we might be able to start squeezing more episodes in. Look at your face. Look at your face. <laughs> it's quizzical. Like I don't I'm know just, when I ever agreed to this. Like I've just popped some boobs <laughs> out of a cake. You were wondering what the fuck is going on. This is this is just ridiculous. You can't just throw stuff at me like that. I was thinking that we have talked about doing Indiana Jones. Yes, Indiana Jones I'm is really excited. sequel coming out this year. And so we are going to go back and do Raiders of the Lost Ark because... Raiders- yeah, I want to shit on one of Sam's favorite films. Yes. I'm really excited about it. Yay. Because Raiders Yay. is like top 10, top 20. I can't remember where it is. It's in it's in the definitely in the top twenty, if not the top five. Not the top ten, yeah. if not the top seven. It's in, in there somewhere. So very much looking forward to that. Um I have no hopes or expectations or dreams about um <laughs> about Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. I also just want to end this podcast by saying one special mention, and that is Steven Seagal is a fucking garbage human being. If you people don't know <laughs> People don't know that he fucking is. He's an absolute garbage piece of shit. Now, I'm not the type of podcast that will take up arms and try and fight against Steven Seagal. I think he's doing a good enough job of killing himself oh, he on would, his own. He would cut you. Like, he would destroy you if you tried. We've talked about this. You oh, could yeah, not yeah, he totally take would. on Steven Seagal. But I, I would love to do a shout out to the Countdown Podcast, our good friends over there, Paul and Wayne, because they are waging a one podcast army against Stephen Seagal. Um, they <laughs> often have Cigar Watch, where they talk about just absolute piece of shit things that Stephen Seagal has done. Google Stephen Seagal, Catherine Heigl, you get one of the most inappropriate photos you've ever seen. Um, the guy is just a fucking scumbag. He's a walking piece of shit. One of my favorite Stephen Seagal moments by far, that was way better than this film, Steven Seagal actually did an AMA on Reddit and it went as fucking bad, if not worse, than you could ever imagine. So, like, one of the highlights of it was like people just asking him questions. Apparently, he cut it off after 15 minutes. So, who knows how many answered or, you know, whether he saw any of them. But my favorite one by far was some guy that wrote, Hi, Steven Seagal, is it true you do your own stunts? Just kidding. No one gives a shit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's there's my shout outs of the week. Go over and check out the Countdown podcast, and go over and check out Jason from Binge Movies. They're fucking awesome. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. That's thanks for me. Thank you for me. Bye. I'm off for my psychological evaluation. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> Hold up. 
I forgot to record. We'll have to do it again.